Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Agent Power Huddle, everybody. I'm Amy Izzo, and we are spilling the tea with Amy every Wednesday. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're here live, awesome. Feel free to ask questions in the chat. And if you are not here live and you're catching the replay, welcome to the replay. Um, this is on YouTube and also available for all your favorite podcasts, whether that's Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. So I'm here every Wednesday, but there are hosts every day, same time, Monday through Friday, and we're all wonderful. <laughs> I know I'm biased, but we're all great. So this morning, we are talking about overcoming the buyer and seller objections that we're hearing right now in the 2023 market. That's what we're talking about. So feel free to jump on. If you're there, turn on your camera. I want to see your face. This is my kitchen edition. So we're in my kitchen today, hanging out instead of my office. I decided to give us all a change of scenery. Don't we need that sometimes? Don't we need a change of scenery sometimes? There's Janelle. I see her beautiful face. Hi, Janelle. Um, okay. Oh, lots of you are turning on for me. Lenora, Sh uh, Shelby. All right. Awesome. Okay. Hi. Oh, nice. I see you, Jill Jackson. I mean, I don't see you, but I can imagine you. I see your name. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, let's get started. I was talking to my team recently, and we were talking about what are the things that are happening when they're making their calls, whether they're talking to SOI or they're just they're out socializing, talking to people, or they're calling internet leads, right? What are some of the things that people are seeing? So I want to walk through some of what we've been talking about in our organization with all of you and engage, hopefully engage in some conversation if some of you are uh, so willing to do so. But let's talk about, you know, one of the big things I know I'm hearing a lot and the agents I'm working with are hearing a lot and the agents I'm coaching are telling me, ah, I'm freezing sometimes when I get these, I'm hearing the interest rates are too high from buyers. I'm going to wait till the interest rates are no longer double, double, right? Because they're comparing to a market where interest rates were three and 4%. So I'm going to wait till the rates are not double anymore. And then I'm going to buy a home. So let's just start there and talk about our buyers that feel like rates are double and they just can't buy a home. This is a very common common objection. And by the way, while we're hearing it a lot right now, because the media is hyping up, rates are doubled, homes are so expensive. This is not an objection that's new. It's just one that we haven't heard in a while because the rates were so low for geez, two years. I was shocked. So this is my 10th year in real estate. When rates dropped so low in 2020, I thought, well, this will last a season, a few months, maybe six. No clue we were going to hold rates for two years. Wow. So now that is what our buyers are comparing to. So some of the things I like to do is when they say, I'm going to wait till rates go down, I first like to agree with them. I always want to be in a, be putting my people I'm talking to in a yes state. That's just a technique to keep them positive so that we can keep the conversation flowing. Doesn't mean I agree with what they're saying, but I want them to feel some agreement along the way. So when they go, 
rates are too high. I go, oh, I understand. Yes, I understand. Right. I understand where they're coming from. So I always start there. And then I say, can I, you know, is, do you mind if I take a little time to go over the history of the rates with you? That's something I like to say to them. Before that, though, I like to answer, ask a question. So when they tell me rates are too high, I'm going to wait. I say, how long are you planning to wait for the rate to come down before you buy a home? Right? So they go, the rates are too high. And I go, yes, I understand. Quick question. How long do you plan to wait for the rates to come down before you buy a home? Shut up. Let's hear what they say. They might say, I don't know, six months. I go, great. Six months from now, that's going to be, let's say, May, June, July, August, September, October. That's going to be October. Okay. Do you mind if I share a little bit about where the rates are today? how they got there, and maybe what it might look like in October, even though I don't have a crystal ball, what it might look like in October. That's my conversation with the buyer. Rarely do they say no. They go, sure, that would be great because no one is sharing that with them. So I actually had many buyers say to me, well, no one is sharing that with me. So I'm like, great, let me share it with you. So again, just a quick recap. The rates are too high. I go, yes, I understand. How long, question, now we ask a question. How long do you plan to wait for the rates to come down before you buy a home? They go, I don't know, six months. Great, that would be October. We're in April, that would be middle of October. Do you mind if I take a little time to share with you why the rates are where they are today, where the rates have been, and what I think it's gonna look like for you in October? Oh, yes. You know, and they'll tell me their story. Uh, no one is sharing that with me. I'm talking to people and <clears throat> sure. Great. And so now I go into, even though their rates may seem high, they they have been sitting for the last several months between five and 7%, depending on you as an individual, right? As individuals, we all are going to earn a different rate, right? Rates are set by the market and they're hovering in this five to 7% range. But depending on a few factors like our credit score, like our income and like our debt, that's where you get that fancy phrase debt to income ratio, right? And our debt, that's going to determine what kind of a rate we can qualify for. Also, other factors like are we using a down payment assistance program may also help to determine what kind of a rate. For example, when we use a down payment assistance program, it really helps us because it helps us get some cash that's free money to us to be able to close. But often, and I say often because sometimes this isn't true, but often what it does is it qualifies us for a little bit of a higher rate. Not always a bad thing because we can refinance that rate, right? So rates today are in this 5 to 7% range. And I would tell you that's a normal range. And I'm going to tell you why in just a second. But I want you to understand that the reason there's a range of rates is because we're going to determine as individuals what our what rate we qualify for based on our financial status. So that's how I first start to explain it to them. Then I go... Now, rates feel double because they are if we're looking at 2020, 2021, and even early 2022, where we saw rates commonly between 3 and 4%. And you probably even know someone that can tell you they got a 2.8 or 
sound familiar? And they go, yes. And I'm like, well, when you compare rates from 2020 and 2021, let's just use three and 4% to the today rate of five to 7%, you might go, wow, that's double. That's crazy because it is compared to that time. However, let's look at the history of rates. If we look prior to March of 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, and way back, we can go back 30 years if we wanted to, rates were never that low on the regular basis. Sometimes we could get a refinance in 3 to 4%, but rarely were we getting a purchase rate in 3 to 4%. Rates over that 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 period were hovering around five to seven percent, sometimes eight, but often that's what we were qualifying for. Most of us in America, that's what we were qualifying for. If we go back even farther than that, you know, prior to 2016, 2015, and way beyond, we could see rates in the double digits. Did you know sometimes rates were 10, 12? plus percent. And, you know, even our parents or maybe grandparents, depending on how young we are, might have enjoyed rates that were in the teens or the 20s, right? People always go, really? Yes. So, but let's not worry about that because that that was a long, long time ago. But if we just look at the last 10 years, a really common rate was hovering somewhere between five and 7%. Then when we had a pandemic that none of us could have anticipated, right? I know I never thought about a pandemic being in my lifetime. All of the sudden, rates took a dive so that the economy could be a little bit more stimulated. And it worked because anyone that was already buying a home was like, let me buy a home because the rate just went down. They were looking at a six or a seven probably rate. And then all of a sudden they could get a three or four or less. So they hurried up and bought a home. And then all the other people on the fence went, let me buy a home too, right? And what did we do as realtors and loan officers? We called all our people and said, you can buy homes, Ralph, and you can save some money. We educated people. And then people that weren't thinking about it all of a sudden went, maybe I could buy a home. And then there were other factors outside of affordability that made people buy a home. So lots of people bought a home. So that 3 to 4% rate stayed for a long time. Whew. And then I go something like, that was a lot of information. What questions do you have for me so far? Because at some point I got to quit talking. But I'm telling you, when I get into this, the way that I explain to you, I get into this, people listen. They go, uh-huh. And they're engaged. I don't have to have to see them. I can hear them. Uh-huh. Yes, they're very, very engaged. And then they'll ask me their question. Or sometimes I've given them so much information. They go, I don't know what to ask you. And I'm like, no problem. Now let me segue. We are in normal rates. Five to 7% is normal. Actually, I remember 12 years ago being excited about an 8% rate on my house, which I no longer have because I was able over time to refinance to a 3.5 rate. And no, that didn't happen in 2020. I did that prior to 2020. I just chose to hold my rate during the craziness of 2020 and 2021 because I really felt good about where I was, right? And I still do. So I'm talking to buyers again, guys. So if you join me a little bit late, I'll catch you up. The objection that we're talking about is interest rates are too high. They're double. I'm going to wait for six months to buy, right? So I've taken them through. So what did I do? I, I said, great. I understand. How long are you planning to wait? I'm going to wait six months. Great. Now I asked I ask their permission. So I isolated what, they, what their problem is. 
The problem is they think rates are double and they're going to wait six months as their solution. Great. I'm not going to disagree with them. I understand. Do you mind if I share why rates are at five to 7% and where I think they're going to go, where they've been and where they're going to go? They go, yep. They give me the green light. I did the whole thing. Rates are normal. Let me explain to you how rates for you as an individual are determined because the rate changes daily. And most people don't know that based on their financial situation, that's going to determine where we put them in the rate market, right? Are they a seven or are they a six, right? Are they using down payment assistance? They're paying more. Are they not? They're paying a little bit less. They don't even know that. So we tell them that. Then I go, let me tell you why they feel double. Here's what they were. Elephant in the room is they were three to 4% or less, 2020, 2021. Let me tell you why they were there, right? Let me tell you what they were prior to 2020, right? And we can look this up. I can send you a chart if you want me to, okay? Now, do you have any questions? What questions do you have, right? No, yes or no. What questions do you have? Okay, they have questions. I address them. They don't have questions. Perfect. Now I jump back in. Let me tell you what I think it looks like in October. Ready? I go, look, I don't have a crystal ball. So anybody tell, that tells you they know what their rate is going to be in October is wrong. But history repeats itself. Rates are cyclical. That means they change every day and they change all throughout the year. So they go up and they go down. Period. End of story. That's what happens with rates. Also, what you need to think about is bigger than the rate, Mr. Buyer, right? Or Mrs. Buyer. You need to think about what is happening with the prices between April and when you plan to wait till October because they go hand in hand. So really quick, let me ask you, what kind of a house would you buy today and how much would it cost? And I shut up and they tell me, I would buy a two, three bedroom ranch with two baths and it's got to have an attached garage. And I'm like, great, is that an updated home? Oh yeah, that's updated. I want them to dream a little. It's updated and it's got a backyard. It's got granite in the kitchen. And I'm like, great. And how much does that home cost? I ask them. I don't care what I think, right? And they go 300,000. I go, perfect. So we're going to buy a $300,000 ranch home, three bedrooms, two baths with everything you told me. Let's pretend we're going to buy that today. Today, that home costs 300,000. Now we're in the spring market and we're going into summer. So I got to tell you, we're kind of busy. We're selling homes, right? This is the time of year people sell homes and that's going to continue through the summer. What do you think happens when I sell a home in the neighborhood you want to buy in at 300,000 today? What do you think happens when the next one lists in two weeks? Because the neighbor saw the house we just bought for 300,000 in this neighborhood you really like, right? And, and they decided to sell their house. What do you think happens? Um, well, I don't know, they'll say, or they'll say, well, it sells for 300,000 too. And I'm like, maybe, or maybe it sells for more. On average in our market, now this is where you got to know your numbers team, right? On average in this Midwestern market I'm in, when a house sells, the next similar house, if the condition is similar, let's assume it is, is going to list for five to $10,000 more in that same area. Might list at the same price, but it's going to list for a little bit more. Why? Because there was only one house and there were probably a few buyers, right? That tried to buy it and there's only one house. So when the next one hits the market, there's going to be some buyers for it plus any, any new buyers. Now that house, let's just use 10,000 to make it easy. 
The house that you're dreaming of sold for 300,000. Now, a few weeks later, a neighbor listed or someone in the area listed for 310 and they got their 310. Let's assume they got their 310, right? Now that same house, just a few weeks later is worth 310. What if that happens six more times over the next six months? Your $300,000 house could be 350 to 360 in October and your rates might be the same. They might be higher. They might be lower. Nobody knows. But if we bought a $300,000 house today at the rate you qualify for, right, which we think is going to be between 5 and 7%, right? And there are strategies to buy that rate down and get you a little bit of a lower rate, depending on your situation that we can talk about. But let's just assume you bought that house today. What sounds better? Getting the house for $300 at a 6% rate today that later you can refinance to a lower rate if I can't buy it down or get you a lower rate now or paying $350 for the same house in the fall at a rate you and I don't know. Either the same or more, maybe less. What's better? What do you think they say to me? Oh, I want the lower price. Well, you can't wait six months to get the lower price because this is how the market works. When a house sells, that brings the neighborhood up, that brings the price point up, and the next house sells for more, whether it's $2,000 more or 10. Now I use whole numbers. If you don't, if you think my $10,000 analogy team is too aggressive, use five. Use the numbers for your market. That's what I'm seeing here where I'm selling houses, right? Five to 10,000 more, a lot of times 10,000 more. So now I can tell them what's really happening in the market also because it generates some conversation. And typically where this goes is, well, let's look and see what we qualify for, right? Let's look and see. Or they'll at least get curious about, well, if I did buy now, what what would my rate be? And now I can talk to them about, well, we don't know. We know this is where the rates are sitting. Let me ask you a few questions. And what I want to do is transition them into pre-approval. Make sense? I'm going to pause here. What questions do you all have? Or comments? Um, I have a question. Now, so I kind of, I kind of got. So I kind of had this conversation the other day, right? Um, and I think I did a good job, but I want to see how you would have responded to it. Um, okay. He asked me how homes are going to like hold their value in a sense. Like he was like, "Are the homes, of course, with the prices rising and things like that?" He was like, "Do you believe that homes will hold their value?" And I want to see like just how you would have responded. Perfect. I love that. And and I love that because this is a good segue. This is where I was going next. If they don't move to say, oh, maybe we should look at the rate, you know, maybe we should, if they don't agree with you to move to the next step after that, what you will get from them is what their next concern is. You'll uncover their next concern. Objections are just unanswered questions. They're not scary. They're just unanswered questions. And they're things that the client is worried about or it's a limiting belief that they have. So our job is just to give them the information to overcome it. So this is where when they say, how do you think homes are going to hold their value? This is where, again, we got to know our market, right? We've got to know what's been happening in the market. Here's what I know about my market. I believe homes are holding their value. As a matter of fact, they are appreciating every year. And I have seen that for the last 10 years. That's all I'm going to talk about, right? Because that's what my knowledge base is. 
I have seen that for the for the last 10 years in this market, that homes have gone up in value every month. Now, I have not seen any depreciation um, of homes that have kept their condition, right? They've kept the condition or they've improved the condition. Now, if you let your home become dilapidated, different conversation, right? But if you live in your home, normal wear and tear, and you take care of it, maybe you make some upgrades over time, maybe you don't, but you keep it at least in the condition that it is, homes are gaining value every month. And we can see that by all of the sold homes. And looking at any homes in a neighborhood or an area or a county, depending on kind of where you live, and looking at how they, what the solds are, month over month, year over year, you see the prices coming up. You see that's appreciation. You see the values coming up. Now, sometimes what they'll say to me is, yes, but I see a lot of price reductions on Zillow, right? Or wherever they're watching. I'm like, yes, you do. And let's talk about why you're seeing price reductions. And then I go into that conversation. Let me hold there. I do tell them, um, sometimes they bring up 2007, 2008, which is a period prior to the period I'm talking about. And what I do say to them is that there were different economic indicators and factors during that period of time that created some loss of value. And we have since seen not only um, our areas here at least regain value since that time, but then continue to appreciate each month, month over month. Make sense? That was super helpful. I kind of went on that kind of route because he was kind of trying to bring the 2008 situation up. Yep. And I was like, we don't foresee a housing crash, but the way the economic, like the economy is going, I have tons of buyers out looking right now and everybody is still kind of booming in the real estate market. So mm -hmm. I told him that I don't see anything being an issue of buying a property in that time frame because he... He just was more, he's been like dragging his feet to get pre-approved. Yeah. Um, and that's more so just like, he's more worried about things. So I like call him once a week to kind of talk him off the ledge and keep him going in the process. Well, and what you could say in that moment too, is because we know homes are appreciating. And I've even said to people, once I know where they want to buy, I can send you what the solds have been over the last few months, even six months. I mean, depending on how many there, I can send you a sampling of the sold over the last six months of a house of a similar houses that you would like to maybe buy. So you can see, you know, this is how, this is how value is determined is these closed sales, right? This is what our appraisers are using. They are pulling the closed sales from the area. Of course, they're looking at the property and the condition, but this is how they're determining value with you for your lender to make sure you don't overpay, right? So all of yeah. the solds, I can send you those so you can see how homes are coming up in price and appreciating, which is a good thing when you own a home. When you're thinking of buying a home, if we know you're going to buy in the next year, the sooner you buy, the better price you get. The longer you wait to buy, the more you pay. That is a fact. And the solds will show them that because you can go, here's the house, here's the ranch home, three bed, two bath you wanted to buy in January. Here's what it's now, here's what similar ones sold for in February, March, April, May. Like you can, you can go back to November, November, December, January, February, March, April. Here's where they're at. So, and you will see prices going up. So if you had bought in November, you would have paid this for the same house. 
Now that you're buying in May, you're going to pay a little bit more. Not bad news, but we want to get you started if this is a real goal for you because we want to get you the best deal, save you the most money. We want to marry the house. Everybody says marry the house, date the rate. And I get that's a cute marketing term, but is anybody explaining to people what that really means? If you want a house and you definitely want a house, home ownership goal, right? Great. Check that box. Let's get you the house at the best price, which always is going to mean sooner than later, right? At least in the kind of markets we've been in for the last several years. Um, and we can we can worry about the rate later. I know the rate affects purchasing power today, right? And this is where you can get into talking about strategies to buy the rate down to help their purchasing power, right? Whether it makes sense for them to do a 2-1 rate buy down or not, they should know about it so we can look at it with the lender, right? And then the lender can help us determine financially what will or won't work for that particular buyer and why, and we can take them to the next step. But we just want to get them curious enough to get it curious enough to get into the process so we can start doing numbers for them and we can continue to send the message of the sooner you buy, the more you save the longer you wait. And I tell people, I don't care when you buy. I have been in business for 10 years and I will be in business for 20 more. So I don't really care if you buy next year or the year after. I've got people not buying to 2024 for life reasons. But if life allows you to buy now and financially it makes sense for you to buy now, financially it makes sense for you to buy now versus next year because you're going to pay less. Regardless of what rate you get, you're going to pay less and you can refinance that rate as soon as they drop. And what we know about rates is they will drop. We just don't know when. I have agents going, what do I tell them? When is it going to drop? You don't tell them when it's going to drop because you don't know. Nobody knows. You can tell them what you're reading as long as it's a credible source. Um, you can tell them what you're hearing. I follow um, Barry Habib, H-A-B-I-B, -B, Barry Habib. Um, he does a very good job of and has for many years of predicting what's ahead and explaining where we are. So sometimes I'll use tidbits of learning that I got from there, that, and I will simplify what he's saying so that I can explain it in layman's terms to anybody. I want a fifth grader to be able to understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking to anybody. Now, if I know I've got a really sophisticated financial client on the phone, different different conversation. But the majority of people that I'm this messaging is going to are not necessarily um, at that level, right? That they are very smart, wonderful humans, but this is feeling overwhelming for them. And they don't that they're not always numbers people, right? And so they don't understand how it all works. This is not what they do. So to simplify it so that they really can understand it and ask really good questions to get themselves comfortable really helps move them through the process. I, the other thing to be careful of is we can never promise people appreciation, but we can give our opinion based on what we see. And I always love to tie everything to data, right? The data in my market. It's really easy for you guys to go into your MLS and run the solds. That's your data. Some of your brokers may be putting out um, just market stats and market information, or you may be pulling market stats. Use that information um, and use the comparison. The reason rates feel double is they are compared to where we were. They're not compared to history. They're still low. I had a 10% interest rate at one time, right? I'm 48 years old. I'm not on my first house. I, I was really happy when I got an 8% interest rate at one time, right? I was super elated when I got my 3.5% interest rate on a refi. So I understand that whether you've owned a home or not, that's the truth. That's where the rates were. So if you, if you don't have that experience to pull from, 
because you haven't owned that many homes or you haven't owned a home yet, use the data, right? Or you've been in your home for 30 years, you know, use the data there instead of those exams, you know, those personal examples. Ooh. So you got that, Janelle? You got this. Good. That was um, helpful. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Does anybody have anything else? Yeah, Amy. Yes, my friend. Amy, did you, um, I usually mention inflation too, since yeah. uh, inflation keeps going up and their house is the best hedge against inflation. That is a great point. And I don't always do a good job of bringing that into my conversation unless it comes up, like the client is savvy enough that they bring it up. So I really think that's a good point. How would you talk to me about that as a buyer? Well, it goes right along with um, with depreciation. Uh, you know, and everybody knows inflation is going up and it's going up pretty fast. And just uh, I would tell them, you know, take a look at what's your money worth now versus, you know, five, 10 years ago. And you can see it's devaluating, but when it's invested in a house, it goes right up with inflation. So you're protecting your ass, your your um, your wealth that way. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And you know what I think would complement that conversation for those of us that maybe would try to help deliver that message that Brian just went over with us is find a home. You can if you don't have a an example you can use. Like I use my house. My house 10 years ago was 270,000 and today I could sell it for five and a quarter and I basically just lived in it. You know, have I done some stuff? Yeah. But even if you don't think about the pool or some of the stuff I added, I could still get five and a quarter for it. Right. So right now. So having owned it for so long, you can look at any house in any price point, in any market and look back at the property history of what was it worth and what is it worth now? And that helps explain, even though. Uh, what Brian is saying, the dollar may be kind of not go as far right now. When you invested in a house, you do profit on that over time. So I think that is great. And I do often forget that, Brian. So thank you for reminding me. It goes right along, Janelle, with your appreciation conversation. Right. Um, sometimes what people will say to me during this conversation is, I understand everything you said. Wow. But we're in a recession. So I think I should wait, even if I'm going to pay more. And I'm like, great, because because the, the housing market's going to crash in a recession. <laughs> what you need to know, guys, and you can look at past recessions in a recession. We sell houses. We sell lots of houses in a recession. Right. Rates do start to come down and we do sell a lot of houses people buy because money is less expensive to borrow. So. It's, it's just a limiting belief. And so you just need to look at that information and share that. So I'm glad you I'm glad you shared that with us. Let me explain to you what happens in, re in recessions. This is where we start to see interest rates come down. All right, we are at our time. I hope that you found that super, super valuable. Um, if you want more of this, drop me a message. Tell me what your other... I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Amy Izzo Sells Homes. On Facebook, I'm just Amy Izzo. Um, if you want to drop me a message and tell me like what other objections do you want me to address, I'll do that in upcoming Agent Power Huddles. Sound good? Have a great day. Dance party time. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.